Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen. iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Hello and welcome back to Finsider Radio, SB Nation's home for Miami Dolphins football. You're listening to the Jake and Josh Show. I'm Jake, and I'm actually riding Han Solo again. But if you miss Josh, don't you worry one bit. We recorded two podcasts earlier this week, so go back, check out our 53-man roster review and recap of Miami's thrashing of the Eagles last weekend. Now, I have to say, I did lie just a little bit because I won't be completely Han Solo. In a couple minutes, I will be joined by Pat Thorman, who will supply an interesting look at the Miami Dolphins. Not only will he detail how Miami's offense struggled last year, but he'll also give us some insight to how things might look pretty different under Mike McDaniel this year, who is also coming from a very, very run-heavy offense in San Francisco. I cannot wait to share that talk with you guys. But before we get to that, I just want to know that the Dolphins have already started putting together their practice squad with Kalen Barnes, Larnell Coleman, Braylon Sanders, Cameron Good, Porter Gustin, and Zaquandre White all being listed on that squad so far. Shout out to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald for supplying most of those names. Josh and I will be back with some thoughts on the practice squad and the fact that players like Lynn Bowden Jr. and Preston Williams went unsigned. But there's still a lot of movement happening around with not only the practice squads, but 53-man rosters. So I think that's a discussion worth tabling for right now. With that in mind, let's take a listen to what Pat has to say about the 2022 season and your Miami Dolphins. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And I'm very excited to announce our next guest and establish the run contributor and someone who has finished in the top 10 of Fantasy Pro's ranking competition in six of the last eight years, Patrick Thorman. Pat, how you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. It's a, it's a busy time of year. Um, there's just no shortage of things to do, but it's nice to take a little break and uh, chat some Dolphins, chat some pace and uh, chat some football. You know, there's two big reasons I wanted you on today. One Who's better to talk about the Miami Dolphins than two people living in Massachusetts? And, and two, working with Establish the Run, I got their draft kit. I've been using them. I, I shared it with my dad and uh, your coworker. He might even be your boss, Adam Levitan, uh, proclaimed that you are the president of Pace. And I thought that was just the perfect nickname. And I thought that'd be the best way to introduce you. Uh, first and foremost, uh, that's something you don't hear a lot of people talking about is Pace. So how did that stick with you? How did you become so interested in something like that? Was it like a specific offense or something that really stuck with you? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, actually, actually the Eagles, the Chip Kelly Eagles offense is kind of what mm-hmm. really got my peak my interest in this about you know it was about 10 years ago when i was working uh for pff fantasy they wanted me to start with a an article uh charting um snaps for individual players and it, that seemed a little bit dry and and not not that like overall macro pace and and, and snaps is, isn't dry because i guess it can be but um i i just i kind of took it in a different direction than what was initially intended and, and so i wanted to take more of a top-down look at, at snaps and, and and what drives teams to run more plays and what provides more opportunity for fantasy scoring. And so that's kind of where it started. And yeah, so this is supposed to be 10 years for the snaps and pace uh, column. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to write it. And it's fun to write it, especially over at ETR, where they, they give me a little more leeway to have a little more personality into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that that's, a, that's a good time. But yeah, the, the Eagles, the, the Chip Kelly Eagles were kind of the impetus um, I mean, you got Nick Foles playing, uh, you know, competent ball and 27 and, and touchdowns just, to three interceptions. I think it was something yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it just, it just provided even not just the Eagles with, with extra opportunity, but with their opponents. And, and so that, that, that kind of was a good jumping off point. You know, you mentioned doing this for a decade. Uh, pace is great. You, you, the simple mindset is you have a lot of plays, you catch a lot of balls, you get a lot of yards. Uh, but specifically, what are some of the trends you see in terms of pace that used to help identify a good offense? Well, I mean, good offenses can kind of come in all shapes and sizes and, mm-hmm. and speeds too. I mean, you can have you can look at the Packers offense, which runs really slow and it's a good offense, um, but it's not necessarily good for our purposes, which is creating fantasy opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they move, they move slowly. They, they limit plays. Um, but you know, uh, one of the main factors that you know, I look for is is a situation neutral pace, which is just you know, uh, uh, sec- uh, plays per second. Um, mm-hmm. or, excuse me, yeah, uh, <laughs> seconds per snap, um, and and we usually use it in neutral situations, which is uh, when the game is within seven points, you know, the first three quarters. So that kind of tells you what the offense wants to do and is not kind of forced into by by game script. Um, that correlates the best to play volume. Um, now there are other factors. Obviously, uh, teams that pass more are going to have more plays because you know the ball's hitting the ground, the clock stopping, as opposed to you hand the ball off and the clock keeps running. Um, mm-hmm. Teams that motion more uh, tend to, you know, you know, run fewer plays. Um, 
watch the, the play clock. I mean, I know it's it's not, not a real fun party trick, but I mean, you can train your eye to to to, to look at the play clock right, at the snap and kind of see how who's moving fast. I mean, there's five seconds left in the play clock. That offense isn't really moving fast. Um, so there are other factors, but situation neutral pace is is the number one uh, thing that that we look at. When you're talking about, uh, you know, situation neutral, it's such a clean way to look at performances. Do you put any extra stock in maybe those first two possessions where, you know, you talk, you hear a lot about a lot of teams, they script those first two drives, those first 15 plays. Do you focus on those a little more or do you kind of see the complete package as, as what they're truly trying to do? It's it's fu- it's funny that you mentioned that because there, there, there are quarterbacks that that play faster during those scripted periods. Uh, Sam Darnold was an example. When he was playing mm-hmm. for the Jets, he would his 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 uh, you know his all of his stats for those first couple series were much much better. He would look like a different quarterback, um, and they played faster. But then when they would slow down, once those scripted plays were over, he would kind of fall apart a little bit. So um, I guess they're really they're their own thing. And while that is exactly what a team wants to do, it's what a team wants to do for those first plays. Um, mm-hmm. So I I, I kind of. The thing is, we're also working with a small sample, you know. So I mean, if right. there's 63 plays in in, in, a, in a game for one team, and you're eliminating fourth quarter, and you're eliminating when plays are outside of you know seven points, you know, you, you actually want to include more, you know, just to get a better read on things. So um, I don't uh, sort it out by uh, scripted plays versus non when we when we talk about situation neutral plays. Football is one of those sports where everybody absolutely lives in the moment. And this offseason, everyone's going to go ahead and say it's been one of the craziest ones we've seen. You know, Pro Bowl, uh, future Hall of Fame receivers changing teams. We have offenses that actually aren't led by Urban Meyer and and situations where Russell Wilson is taking over in Denver. When you kind of look at everything that's happened to this offseason, is there one situation where you're thinking about pace that makes you really sit back in your chair and think what on earth is going to come when you, you know, combine these different forces? Well, I mean, you mentioned Russell Wilson, and that's that's when I, I'm 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 fairly confident that we're going to enjoy watching. I, I think we're mm-hmm. going from a, a Denver team that was um, just it was just a soul suck to watch that offense. <laughs> yes. I mean, and, and not just for, for them, but for, for their, even their opponents. I mean, they, they'll, they'll play Kansas City or they'll play the Chargers, two fast paced, you know, high you know high scoring offenses, and even even it's kind of a meh result from them because Denver were just. They would they would play slow. I think that they were they were twenty fifth or no twenty eighth in pace. Um, you know they they ran the the combined plays in their games was thirtieth. Um, you know and and because they threw at the twenty fifth um you know highest rate too. So they just kind of wanted to kill clock, win with defense, and 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 suck the life out of their games. And now you got Russell Wilson in there, and you got Hackett who, who obviously caters to his quarterback he spent a lot of mm-hmm. time doing that with Aaron Rodgers Russ wants to play fast he obviously wants to throw a lot he wants to use no huddle so I think that we're going to see a night and day difference with with, with Denver um so that, that that's one that I'm confident with I'm a hopeful in Minnesota I'm hope, hopeful Kevin, Kevin O'Connell is going to bring you know kind of a, that little uh, the Raiders uh Raiders the, uh, excuse me the Rams um a type of offense um, you know, pretty fast paced. They they use tempo pretty liberally. Um, and even though last year, you know, Zimmer's Vikings were a little faster paced than than they had been, that was mostly dictated by their bad defense. That, that wasn't how they mm-hmm. wanted to play. Now you're going to get a coach in there who wants to run three receive three wide receivers in there instead of two I know, heavier personnel, and he wants to run with tempo and wants to throw more. And that that that's that situation that I'm pretty excited about. I'm a little less confident that that's going to work out the way Denver will, but I I, I think you know pretty hopeful for both of those offenses. 
being that time of the year, everyone's doing their fantasy drafts. If you had to, you know, lock into one guy in that Denver offense who's going to, you know, really be a guy you can lean on every week, is there someone that sticks? It just seems like it can go in so many different directions with that team. Well, I mean, I, I think I think Sutton, Court and Sutton is is the is the obvious answer. He seems to have the best rapport to this point with Russ. He runs those deeper routes, which Russ has, you know, thrived on his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, for the for the cost right now, I think. Alberto is, is, I mean, he, everyone's talking about the rookie Dolchich and, but I mean, you know, he's starting on, on, on the pop and Alberto's got a month to show, you know, what we've seen in him to, to this new coaching staff. And I think, I think for the cost, he, we missed, we missed him last night in a main event by just a couple of, <laughs> couple of picks. And it was, it was the real kick in the teeth, but um, I think at cost, Alberto is, is, is the one that, that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm most excited about. Talking about pace, I think, you know, you had one tweet that really stuck out to me. I think you even tweeted uh, twice because it was such a unique situation. And that's what the Dolphins are going to try to do here when you're incorporating Mike McDaniel, this run heavy style of offense, because you look at what the Dolphins were last year and I hope you didn't have to watch this offense as much as me. I mean, watching Jalen Waddle catch balls in his own end zone. I mean, that, that was just tough. But you look at Miami last year, top 10 in pace, top 10 in play volume, top 10 in pass rate. These seems like stats you want to target or or teams you want to target when approaching fantasy football but that really wasn't the case for the Dolphins last year it was a lot of nothing it kind of seemed like so can you tell me what you're thinking that this offense might look like going into this year with someone like Mike Daniel taking over well they're they're they're, they're going to be slower they're they're Mm -hmm. going to be more run heavy um they're going to use motion more and while all that sounds bad and for their entire game environments I think I think there's going to be fewer combined plays that doesn't mean that they're going to be a bad team or a bad offense mm-hmm. I, I think just just purely from a, a, a play volume standpoint it'll be a, it'll be a step back um but I mean so last like you mentioned last year they were they were up there and all the stats that we kind of like to see and and Waddle was the only one who was fantasy relevant because he saw 140 looks and, and but that was purely volume driven, you know, mm-hmm. and he barely got there. He barely had a thousand yards. So even though he was fairly uh, you know, fantasy relevant, he wasn't extremely fantasy relevant. Um, but I, I, I think um, like, like you said, it, it was just it was just a it was a tough thing to watch. Um, I think that they're that they're they're going to improve. I, I've I've I mean, hopefully Waddle's okay. I mean, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you heard anything that hasn't bubbled up to the surface about his chances of playing week one? I know it's a soft tissue injury, and we heard kind of cryptic comments from McDaniel. Um, what, what What's your read on on, on Jalen Waddle's health? Up until this week, Mike McDaniels felt like the parent who's just telling you everything is going to be okay, and, and you completely buy it. Uh, but once you see cornerback Byron Jones, who it was another person who was kind of had the same tone of like, he'll be fine. We're, we're expecting him to be there to start the season for him to instantly go onto the pup list. The, the second it becomes an option that all of a sudden, I mean, you really don't know what to expect anymore. I'm a little concerned. Uh, they keep saying that if it's a game week, he'd play. Uh, but man, where he's being drafted, you think I think it's like late third round, early fourth round, right around that that turn area. It, it scare me so much, even being a, a diehard Dolphin fan to really take him there because it's it is a little bit concerning, mostly because there has been the, the the crypticness to it. It hasn't been completely clear for what we're looking for. Yeah, I asked because I mean that that's that's kind of where his ADP is at this point. But I mean, you'll see him now. I mean, other people are are worried as well, and you'll see mm-hmm. him on in the odd draft drop into the into the fourth fifth turn, and you're like, oh man, I really want to draft him right there. Yep. But but he just it's tough to have the confidence. Yeah, and, and to kind of 
build on something you mentioned earlier, you, you spoke too about how Minnesota kind of picked up the pace last year on offense, but it might have not necessarily been because the offense was getting better, but the defense really wasn't there. So I kind of look at these scenarios that's happening in Miami and what's been happening in San Francisco. Can you touch on how a defense can kind of help control your pace on offense? Because I look at that San Francisco defense, a team that's been in the NFC championship game two of the last four years. This Dolphins defense, yes, there's a big bias here, but I think it's pretty impressive too, and I think it can be the type of unit that Mike McDaniel had in San Francisco. Well, I mean, it can give, it can give your coach confidence to run his offense or his, his whole team, but he, you know, to dictate his style how he wants. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, like for the Zimmer example last year, he had zero faith in his defense for a good reason. Um, so he re- realized that all right, I guess I do have to kind of push a little bit more on offense. I mean, as far as just pure pace goes, the offense tends to dictate, you know, most, but um, you look at a team like uh, Los Angeles Chargers last year, who they had an awful run defense. And so mm-hmm. if, if you look at how fast they ran and how how, how, how much how much passing they did, they should have probably run even more plays than they did. And their games should have had more play. I and mean, they, they had quite a bit of play volume, but they probably should have had even more. But mm-hmm. you, have, uh, you know, you have a, uh, opponents to take advantage of a weak run defense, especially if they're overmatched by a team like Los Angeles Chargers, they're, they're going to be like, okay, well, let's just shorten the game, limit possessions, kill some clock, you know, add some more variance into this outcome. Um, and whereas on the uh, conversely, if you look at, say, uh, the Bucks over the last several years, their run defense was very good. Pass mm-hmm. defense was mediocre to bad. You, you're going you're gonna to you're gonna force teams to throw a little bit more. And of mm-hmm. course, throwing more adds adds pace. So it's kind of secondarily defenses can influence pace, um, but for the most part, it's it's offense driven. It, it's it's a lot of times it's quarterback driven, just based on mm-hmm. how, how how much of a veteran the quarterback is, how how you know how comfortable he is playing with pace um, and playing playing fast. That that'll primarily dictate uh, to teams' pace. Let's talk about the quarterback for a minute because I pulled up a tweet here that you had in March uh, where you were kind of speaking about the Miami Dolphins and uh, you basically compared Jimmy G to to Tua and you aren't the first person I've heard make that comparison and a lot of people hear that and they kind of get a little upset for some reason but when you look at what Jimmy G's done especially when he's healthy in that system I mean that's really what you want so can you kind of go into a little more detail on why you think those uh, two quarterbacks are pretty similar? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself a, a, a Tua supporter, but I would mm-hmm. call myself a, a Tua defender um, just because we, we we really don't know. I mean, you can certainly speak more intelligently about this than I can, um, but we don't know what he's done. I mean, he's, he's had his dot, which is minuscule because his offensive line has been a complete train wreck. So yeah, yep. he, can't, he can't get players downfield. You know, he, he, I think it was 7.5% of his throws last year were downfield, which was like 35th. His dot was 7.4, which is like 35th. I mean, mm-hmm. he, but he, has, he doesn't, he can't even show off his downfield ability if, assuming he has some now, you know, now we're going to see what two was all, you know, you know, all about. I mean, obviously the, the offensive line was ranked 31st by PFF in, in run blocking grades. So, and, and they had fairly pedestrian running, running backs last year, but most certain and Edmonds is, is a step up. So now I, I think it, it's, it's really hard to judge Tua to this point. Um, and, and, and the people that kind of say that they're sure whether he's a bust or whether he's, the next coming of whoever, I, I think they're a little bit more confident than they have any right to be. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And the only reason I 
try so hard to not jump into the, you know, two and two and on bandwagon is, <laughs> you know, living in Massachusetts. I spent years, uh, you know, as the Patriots win Super Bowl after Super Bowl saying Ryan Tannehill has Mike Wallace now that's going to fix everything. And then Adama can sue the next year. So so I try to not fall <laughs> into that trap too much because, man, have I been looked uh, I've been looking silly for some time well, before I let you kind of. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, the Tannehill's kind of you know absolved you of of, of any of any. I mean, he's he's played he's played pretty well since he's gotten into into a better situation. Absolutely, play action he's great at, and I I think the one thing that really impressed me that he didn't do is um you know I saw Josh Rosen come in. And I think Ryan Tannehill's worst uh, uh, attribute is he just cannot figure out where a pass rush is coming from. He has that he's like a baby deer in the pocket as a lot of people describe him, you know, trying to run on ice like Bambi there. Uh, but if he has the time, if you can hit that play action with Derrick Henry, you're hundred percent, right? Just the dolphins really haven't had those guys. Uh, Pat Thorben established the run before I let you go. I do want to run through a couple players here and get your thoughts on where we should be drafting these Miami dolphins. Considering that all of us have these aqua and teal, um, aqua and orange, I should say glasses on. So we spoke about this a minute or two before, uh, we came on the air and it was about Chase Edmonds who all summer I saw him going in the eighth round and so you signed Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert's there. Miles Gaskin is still there. So that eighth round comes with a little bit of doubt. Well, in the back of my head, I'm like, I, I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy over the last couple of weeks. You've seen him jump up to a sixth round pick. Uh, can you give me a little thoughts on why you think that's happening? Does it have to do what we saw in preseason with that really cool spin move or, or what's the real uh, process here? Well, he's, he's gotten, he has gotten a little bit of steam and we haven't seen much of most until the, um, the, the Eagles game. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I actually, I was, like I was saying before, I, I was in a, a main event draft last night, an FFPC main event, and he lasted until the, toward the end of the seventh round. And um, you know, we were tempted to take him at the, at the six, seven turn, um, but our build, you know, called for wide receivers. So we let him go. Um, you know, I, I, I was taking him in the eighth. I, I have no problem taking him in, in the, in the seventh round. If that fits a build that you're that you're creating, I'm mean, like like I said, they're going to be they're going to be running the ball a lot. I mean that's mm-hmm. that, that's what what they're based they're going to be based on. Um, and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind throwing a dart at Mostert either. I mean, mm-hmm. for, he kind of fits a little bit better, um, you know, to me in in, in best ball because I mean he's he's a big play guy, so you're not exactly yep. sure when those big plays are going to come. Um, but I think I think he's more than fair. Um, uh, you know, we, we spoke about Waddle already, and 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 Tyreek Tyreek sometimes less to, to the the two three turn, and in that range with AJ Brown, you know T Higgins, I, I think he, I think he's he's worth he's worth a, a shot there as well. So I think that most of them are pretty appropriately priced. I mean Gasicki, I'm I'm staying away from. I'm just not just not confident Absolutely. he's going to get enough snaps and, and certainly enough looks because I don't think it's going to be high volume pass game. So. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I think that those four, um, the, the the two running backs, two receivers, I'm comfortable with their eight out. I'm just a little bit concerned with Waddle's health. Has the preseason changed anything of how you felt about what Mike, what Mike McDaniel's trying to do with this offense? Or has it been pretty much how you expected? Obviously, I don't think they're going to go to one of the slowest teams that runs the most, probably somewhere more in the middle that we've seen. But but has the preseason proven anything or shown you anything? It's, it's, it's solidified basically that, that I think that they're going to be similar to San Francisco. Um, there was a lot of motion. Uh, San Francisco led the league in motion, eighty-one uh, percent of plays last year. Um, I, I think that they they will probably 
speed up, you know, the more comfortable they get with each other, they will speed up their communication. They will get the plays in a little bit quicker. Um, but you now I, I was like I was said earlier, I was keeping an eye on how many seconds left in the play clock during that during um to his snaps. And it was pretty consistently below 10 seconds, but mm-hmm. they weren't running it down to like five, four, three. So I don't think they're trying to play super slow. I think they will speed up a little bit. Um, but I think I think you're you're most likely looking at a, at a very similar offense to, to the 49ers. Um, but I, I I think it's going to probably come together a little bit quicker than than most people thought. I'm kind of optimistic um, about them in general, which is uh, not something that you want to say too loud here in Massachusetts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you are 100% right. And and just, man, seeing, seeing those two Tyree Kill plays, it just kind of showed how important it is to get guys in space. You know, everyone's been talking about Jalen Waddle and that Debo Samuel role, but it's mostly Debo Samuel had space and you can make one guy miss and it opens everything up. And, and I think the Dolphins are going to be able to do that. Pat, I have one question here and I think it's going to be a really tough one. I'm going to throw it on you. I'm I'm usually a real standard guy, you know, I'll do half point PPR, full point, whatever. But for the first time ever, I'm doing a guillotine league. It's six rounds, 18 team auction draft, full point PPR with a QB, two running back, two wide receivers and a tight end. What on earth do I do? I've never, I'm not really an auction guy. So I, I just had no, do I spend every dollar I have on McCaffrey? How do you go about something like that? Right, did you say it was two quarterbacks? Uh, one quarterback. So you one have six quarter. roster okay, spots okay. instead of um I mean I, I would I would probably treat it for the most part like a regular auction. I know I know, I know mm-hmm. you said you don't do a lot of auctions. Um the guillotine part, I on to be honest, I haven't played a lot of guillotine leagues, so I'm I'm not gonna, you know, give give you an answer that you know I'm not gonna make up an answer for you there. But okay. for I mean for auction, I I I mean, are you the type of owner that is going to play the waiver wire? I mean, are you gonna be invested in this team? Oh you yeah. are. Okay, yeah. so then I would I would go with the stars and scrubs, you know, setup. I, I would I would I would get you know, you know maybe like an anchor running back, like get get one good running back, you know, spend pre- predominantly you know the, the most uh, the rest of your money on you know your your starting receivers and and probably put a receiver in flex instead of a PPR like full PPR. Or half uh, PPR. it's 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 full PPR, but there's also no flex. It's really weird. It's just two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a quarterback. It's only six spots. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, then that puts a little more weight on on running backs. Then mm-hmm. I, I misheard. Um, but yeah, I, I would certainly I would certainly get, uh, make sure I get myself uh, a running back. But um, if 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 uh, you know, just try to max out for your starting lineup. You know, and and if you're you're an active owner, don't worry about having a, a balanced bench, you know, go with the stars and scrubs. Cause you're always you're spending it. You no, know, keeping like maybe a $2 for the end game per player. You never really mm-hmm. want to go in with just $1 because then right. you get bit up real quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, just leave, just like leave, leave the end of your bench. You're, you're going to churn that anyway. So don't worry about that. You mm-hmm. know, don't, don't worry about spacing out every dollar, but yeah, go, go to max out, you know, your, your running backs and, and, and your receivers. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too too much about quarterback because in auction, maybe the top three or four guys are going to go for quite a bit. But then there, there's plenty. I mean, you know, all the way down to Russ Wilson. You know, you're 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 going to be okay. Oh man, Kirk Cousins is my quarterback in just about every league. I had to hit you there with the the, the hard one to wrap things up. Pat Thorbin, thank you so much. I cannot recommend the 2022 pace preview uh, enough. Everyone go check it out. I'll have a link to it in this description. And, and lastly, the president of Pace, Pat Thorman, thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes to chat with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Take care.
That is all the time we have. And I want to thank Pat one last time for taking the time to join us. It is a very interesting perspective about how NFL offenses work. You're going to learn a lot about fantasy. You're going to just become a smarter fan of football by reading some of the work he's done. So be sure to check that out. Lastly, I want to thank everyone for letting us be part of the day. And we could not be more excited for the season to begin. And if you want proof, go check out at Houts on Twitter and go look at out at Houts on YouTube, where you will find so much different content, like his intelligent insight, film breakdowns. He really supplies it all. And, and that's why he's the face of Dolphins Twitter. So please, please, please go check him out. And as we wrap up here on Finsider Radio, I just want to say I hope everyone out there has an absolutely wonderful day. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your day, be part of your afternoon, your morning, your commute, whatever it may be. But most importantly, above all else, Finsider. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami